0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message.
1: Whatever it is that God needs you to hear, so I hope there's something in it for you that He just makes it a bright, like flashing neon sign that can give you um, peace and just like another reason to bless Him. Um, for me, my mom, my testimony, my mum was baptized when I was really little, um, so she started taking me and my brother and sister to church from a really young age. Um, so God's kind of always been true to me. God's always made sense to me. It was a real gift. Um, I got baptized at thirteen in a pool with my in country Tasmania with my ninety-seven-year-old great-grandfather beside me, um, which was awesome. So I grew up in a Christian family, and it was such a blessing. Like I had a um, you know a real sense of the um, validity of the Bible and of the science behind the Bible from a really young age, and I was pretty sheltered in a good way. My um, <laughs> My parents ended up loving Jesus more than each other. They loved each other more than they loved us kids. They loved us kids more than we could ever imagine. So I was incredibly blessed. I didn't really experience any loss or grief until about 29. Um, So my testimony, I felt, didn't really begin until 29. Um, But I wanted to share two seasons of life where God spoke really loudly and where he was really close and where he taught me a ton. And they were both times of... Loss and trauma, which I think for most of us, they're the ones we grow the most in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the worst things that ever happened to me, but by the grace of God, they're the ones that I'm most thankful for today and even in that season. So maybe there's something in this for you. Maybe you're walking I'm through off. it. The seasons weren't uncommon in life, so maybe you're going through something or supporting someone who's going through it. Um, but when I was 29, I was um, on holidays in Byron Bay with my hubby, Adam, um, and I woke up one night just with this. Awful, like stabbing pain in my back, like someone was stabbing me um, <laughs> repeatedly. And so Adam called the ambulance. And the next 24 hours was um, being transferred through hospitals and a series of buckloads like, of tests and you know enough drugs to knock out a horse, which did nothing. Um, lots of pain, lots of vomiting, and then it ended in emergency, like C-section style surgery. Um, and so I woke up on the other side, just in a ton of shock, heaps of information, blindsided. Um and was told a few days later that I had a cancer um and they'd removed a, a tumour the size of a softball and it had cancer in it. Um so I'd never experienced sickness or death or anything in my family and so it broke me in that time. It was really heavy and um doctors were pushing really hard for chemo and, and radiation, but God led me so graciously to an incredible Christian man who was helping people heal naturally. Um terminal cancer patients and I wasn't in that boat and was something in me. God just, the Holy Spirit just talked to me and said, that's your path. Um, so my surgeons and friends and family um, thought I was crazy and some thought I was an idiot. Some told me I was an idiot, um, particularly doctors. If you are not going through that, it can be they can quite cruel. But I think the biggest lesson that I learned in that from God was that you've got to listen to that quiet, still voice, whatever yeah. choice that is and whatever path it is, that God's got planned for you, and the spirit that He placed in you to always follow it. Like no matter if it's popular or not, yeah. no matter if um, if it's foolish in the eyes of the world or not, you just gotta follow the voice and the message God gave me. I remember laying in bed with all the shock of it um, a few days after, and the message God gave me was, "Whose word will you believe? Mine or the doctors? Mine or the doctors?" And that just replayed on repeat. Um, and then when I was allowed to fly home, ANSI found a, a specialist in London because it was quite a rare cancer and we, none of our specialists had ever seen it before here. So we just maxed out a credit card and got on a plane. As soon as I could fly, I went to London to see him. And he was a blessing beyond words. I'm pretty sure he's a Christian and he, you know, respected my decision and, and helped me create a plan. But it was really expensive. Um, and at the same time, we had a business that was taking off. i just sold out a massive coaching program before this holiday of hundreds of people from all over the world, and it was due to start right after the holiday. And I, I was you know just getting back on my feet, walking again, and I couldn't focus, I couldn't think, like I couldn't do the program. So we had to refund hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars back to people that we weren't planning on. Um, and you know the business kind of stopped overnight. So we were bleeding money for the trip to London, from the refunding hundreds of thousands of dollars from um, we had staff wages, we had expenses, none of that stops just because you get yeah. sick, and there's no income. Um, so I remember ads and I was sitting down trying to figure out like, how can we make it work, we'll sell our car, and we'll you know, maybe sell some furniture, which was really bad, Ikea furniture, we wouldn't have been able to sell, but um, right, we'll move into a like, cheaper rental, and the business was obviously done, and then that night we had a call, and it was from a guy who we kind of knew-ish, and he didn't know what had happened, but he was a pastor of a church, and he's like, hey. I feel really uncomfortable doing this. I've never done it before, but God was prompting me to call you and ask you if you might be able to financially support me and our church with a weekly amount every week to help us out. And we're like, ah, oh, right, okay. So, um, my husband and I—we were like, I think at that point I was crying. You were probably crying too. Um, and we were like, we totally need to do this. So we got the final amount on the final credit card and just set that up to start taking water. This isn't financial advice. Like, <laughs> talk to a financial advisor. We'll just talk to Jesus. Just do whatever he says. Um, and so we said that we had nothing left. And the next day we got a call. And it was from our financial like, advisor person. And he was like, hey, guys, remember that insurance that I like forced you guys to sign up for a few years ago when Grace said she never gets sick and she's never been to hospital? Well, that just came through. They've given you the full payout. It's the biggest card I've ever seen. And all the money will be in your bank account in the next 48 hours. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, i yeah. Chinese and just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, and then last year, my mum at 62, completely healthy, like fitter than me, um, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so it was during lockdown. Um, and so there was 10 weeks between the diagnosis and when she went and met Jesus face to face. And in those 10 weeks, we did Um, And six weeks of quarantine to try and get down to Tassie. Um, We had police coming to my mum's home to check on us every day. We we all managed to be there and see her. My brother got there in the final few um, seconds to be with mum, with his, you know, from Melbourne, with his baby and wife. It was just like an awful season, an awful way to do it. But I remember in those times afterwards, like I'm sure we've all lost someone who's super close. And I've got to tell you, like God's quiet voice never spoke so loud in those times when you just seek him hard because there's nothing else to seek. Um, So when the pain got too much and it felt like too much to bear, I'd just go into a bedroom and close the door and just pump the worship music and just listen. Um, And I remember thinking at one point, and maybe this is what you need to hear, I was thinking like no one can understand this pain. Like when you lose someone close it's your, it's, it's unique just to you and that person and no one will ever understand what that loss feels like and I was just I remember thinking no one gets how much this hurts and a quiet voice just said I do and I just remember Jesus on the cross and then another moment when I was like um, when it kind of floored me again and I was like oh no one's gonna love me like mum did like she was the only one that really got me and no one's gonna understand me like she did and that quiet voice is just like I do and it's like The awesome thing is that when you lose someone, like my mum, if you've lost a loved one or you're going through that at the moment, if they knew Jesus, like, they're where we all need to be. Like, we we didn't lose them. When you lose something, you can't find it. We know exactly where they are, and it's flipping awesome. Like, and we'll miss them. We'll miss talking to them. We'll miss sharing good food with them. We'll miss hearing them laugh. Like, we're going to miss a tonne. But we can't lose sight of what's important. Like God is important. And what Jesus did on the cross is important. And how much he loves your loved one and you and I. And that's what's important. Um, And the thing that helped me through both of these seasons of grief, when you have to face your own, oh, what if I don't make it? What if I do die? Or someone near you dies? Um, Can I just tell you what eagerly? Awaits oh, you. It's so exciting. Like if you read Revelations, you'll see that this is not the end. Like this world is just this tiny blip in eternity, and it's like such an important blip. And there's an important decision to be made here that will dictate the rest of eternity. But there's something so much better coming. And so when when someone um, tells you you've got a disease, or they try and put a statistic on your life. You've just got to remember God saying, whose word will you believe? Mine or the doctor's? Mine or the doctor's? Or um, when you're down to, your, down to your last dollar and you can't understand where the next dollar's coming from and God tells you to give, yeah. just like do it and just watch how much he knows everything you need. Um, and when you feel like no one understands you or you've lost someone that, you know, no one will love you like that again, just hear that quiet voice just saying, I do. I do because um, there's a new heaven and earth coming, guys, and it's glorious, and it's soon. And if you read Revelations, like, I spent a lot of time in this. Like, the, the grass in this place is greener than anything you've ever seen, kind of like someone sewed a diamond to the end of every blade, and there, Jesus is there on the throne, and there's, there's this shining sun that never goes dim from the light of God, and... Um, you know, God's on his great his great white throne and it says, there to greet us, and there's no pain, there's no sadness, and there's no there's no loss, there's no death, there's no crying, it's just gone. Um, and Jesus is there. And it says like his eyes are this blazing glory, like there's no words to just like powerful and his feet are glowing bronze and his face shine like the sun and whenever he opens his mouth it's like the sound of rushing water. It's like just pouring out over you. And when he like when he's there, he's gonna have this book. And um like if you've given your life to Jesus, your name is in that book. Like my name is in that book, it says Grace Lever in that book. And if you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, it's like the easiest thing to do and the best decision like you'll ever make in your life, ever, hands down. And the most incredible thing, the best thing about what's coming is that because he carried that cross, because like he, because he got up on that, because of his back that was torn from all of his beatings and the stripes on his back, because the blood that poured out from those stripes for us, because he went to the depths of hell and he suffered more than you and I will ever imagine. And he beat the devil and he beat the devil forever. The devil doesn't reign today. He beat him forever. And because he rose and he conquered it all, like... When we get to that final day, when we get to see him face to face, however, whenever that is for each of us, there is nothing but just a smiling face that is just pouring love and acceptance on each of us. Um, And so we're living for that moment. We're not living for now. We're living for that moment. We're living for that moment when we get to see his face. Like in all the good seasons, we're living for that moment. In every painful day, in every really, really horrible day, in the bad ones, we're living for that moment um, when we get to, yeah, stand in front of those gates, look around in paradise and have that face of Jesus, look at us. Um, and when he gets to say, welcome home, my good, faithful child. Yes. So see you guys there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Pastor Christian and Melissa gave us a few um, points to, to give in our speech, so you know the story of how we came to Christ and how we got through um, a difficult experience in our life and then also if we have a message from God for you. So I guess I'll start with the story of how I came back to Christ. Um, it was 15 years after I left him and I was probably at my lowest point in life so far. I was alone in London, I was a self-deluded atheist, I was extremely stressed, I was Injured, so I couldn't use my normal coping mechanisms of running and sport. And then I suffered an acute stress reaction, which left my mind weak, unable to even do simple maths. And I'm an accountant, so I couldn't even add two plus two together. I was just an absolute mess. I thought I might never work again. And yeah, all of a sudden the existence, which I told myself was living in the moment, where I was working, exercising, and partying as hard as I possibly could, completely fell away, and I was unable to do any of it. I had spent six years in antidepressants in my early 20s, so I was determined not to go back there, no matter what it took. As I struggled to find something to hold on to, I started a spiritual search. Even though at that point, I didn't even believe that we had a spirit. I clung to yoga, I tried Buddhist meditation, I did therapy, I did psychoactives, I took a break, I took a road trip, but nothing seemed to fill the growing darkness that was gnawing at my soul. Uh, It just felt like, I didn't know what Satan was. I, I knew but I, I just kind of deluded and forgotten about everything I learned when I was a child so I didn't even I admit to myself that I didn't even know until it came over me that it was really like this demonic layer just sitting on my soul that was just sucking me under. Um, I managed to get back to work part time but I was just struggling to be alive every day but my spiritual search had been ignited and finally, I was seeking for something more. And I think that's all God needs sometimes. I stopped locking him out. I was searching. And as Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So one night, as I was walking home in the rain, I was crying. My soul was crying out from the depths of my soul. I noticed a trail of gold sparkling on the footpath. And in an instant, I had a flashback, and it was like I remembered all the memories I blocked out of my childhood of miracles in church and the Holy Spirit, doing miraculous things. And God spoke into my mind, I'm here. I have always been here. I'm your father. And I just, yeah. you can yeah. always be there no matter what I did, how far I fell. Yeah. Just my arms screams. He never left me. I mean, I know that my mom never stopped praying for me, and it was like I so many times I nearly died, and I just had angels watching over me, even though I I wouldn't admit it. Um, So, so, yeah, my tears turned to joyful tears. In an instant, the scales fell from my eyes, and I could finally see the truth. I was set free. Everything, my whole mindset was just overturned in an insight it was like everything was the opposite of you know, I mean, probably I was quite left wing, I was like very, very brainwashed by that whole woke agenda, I was just everything, it yeah. just totally became the opposite in that second um, yeah, so as Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and the eye is the lamp of your body, when your eye is clear, your whole body is full of light, but when it is bad your body is also full of darkness be careful therefore that the light that is in you is not the darkness that was the beginning of my return to Christ God can use our darkest times to save us, people are searching when their old way of life falls apart, which I think is really relevant right now, I know so many people whose lives are just falling apart, they're being faced with impossible choices, but we can reach out to them, we can be the light in the darkness for them bring hope to their world. We you know that God always goes after the lost lamb, and no matter how awful you think your sins are, he can wash you white as snow. Yep. A certain moneylender had two debts, one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt. Yep. of Now which of them will love them more, Simon answered. The one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt, and he said to him, you judged rightly. So I think when I was a teenager, I was a Christian and I, I thought I was on fire for God, but it, I'll tell you in a second, it didn't take me much to get knocked off, but um, coming back to Jesus again, when I thought I could never be forgiven, I thought, I've turned away from him, how could I ever come back to him, but he forgave me and he was so blessed, and just, I, just the love that I have for him now is even more than I could have imagined when I was younger um, so the first, the hard thing in my life was moving to Australia when I was 15, and I didn't react well. I was really immature, and I lived a pretty easy life before that. So I blamed God. I was angry at Him. I started to rebel against Him, and then I did everything opposite to what I had done before. And then I eventually even completely denied His existence. I totally deluded myself and pretended like everything was a lie. Um, but after I came back to Him, I knew that I could never, ever let that happen again happened to me, or how hard things got, I could never blame him again. So when I was pregnant with Ella, I had some really tough news during my pregnancy, and it was the first time where I felt that anger again, like, why is this happening to me? How can you let this happen to me, God? But
2: I definitely
0: didn't want to start blaming him. I knew this time I needed to
2: um,
0: just stay with him. He even gave me a word, which was just stay with the Lord, so I was still such a baby Christian, I didn't really even know, I didn't know at all about faith healing, I didn't know anything but I just knew I had to stay with the Lord um, and the Bible verse was remain in me and I will remain in you a branch can't produce fruit by itself but it must remain in the vine likewise you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me, I am the vine, you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you then you will produce much fruit without me you can't do anything if you don't remain in me, you'll be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. All I knew was I didn't want to be a branch that got tossed into the fire and burned. So I just, when I didn't know anything else, I just just prayed and read the Bible and just tried to stay as close to him as I could. And I, I, I stayed close to him and he carried me through the sadness and the pain. Even though I felt like my heart was breaking, the only thing I could hold on to was Jesus, and he just carried me, and it was amazing. So since that point, God has given me so many incredible revelations and, and gifts that have increased and cemented my faith, like healing, tithing, daily Bible verses, speaking in tongues, brothers and sisters in Christ, and most importantly, the church, the body of Christ. I've also been set free from debt, disease, abuse, incorrect teachings, soul ties, generational curses, and so much more. John fifteen two, he cuts away every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, but he trims clean every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. The Lord corrects those he loves. So, yeah, as you can tell, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I only joined um, C3 Noosa kind of just before we came back in person last year. And I was um, baptized by Pastor Christine in she's full, a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, I just I even though I was a, a I was a Christian, I loved God and I followed him, but I was still out of church for six years. I just wow. don't even ask me how I did it or what was going on there. But um just being part of a church last year has been the most blessed thing that's ever happened in my whole life. Like I before I mean, if you knew what has just happened to me the last year—like was made redundant, got separated, lost the ability to walk for six months, and then have had like diseases and parasites and like about 13 viruses—and just incredible, like the assault has been intense. But I have—I've never been this happy because I just feel the closest I've ever felt to God. I feel the Holy Spirit is blessing me and lifting me up, and it's just actually amazing. So God, I. God will use your darkest nights to, you know, to actually do the most work on you. And I haven't even done my message yet, so uh, I've only got one minute left. I'll just read quite verse about this. Um, okay, so 1 Corinthians 9, 12, 19 to 20. A body isn't really a body unless there is more than one part. So we're talking about the body of Christ here. It takes many parts to make a single body. If one part of our body hurts, we hurt all over. If one part of our body is honored, the whole body will be happy. Together, you, we are the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of his body. Um, so we just need every single member of our church has an important role to play as part of our body. And together as the body of Christ, we can do more than any separate body part. Yes. So let's yes. stay together, let's stay united. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring the fire. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. what amazing creatures were oh, yeah. people man of life they come up with a page i got three pages. <laughs> <laughs> you know life takes funny turns in everybody yeah, yeah, just... and we've all got a testament every single one of us and we're no different because it's who we are how we live and the result of of what our life will be. I thought sinning was good. I was a great sinner. I enjoyed it, or thought I did. And I do a lot of wrong things in my life, like a lot of us, because when we come to Christ, things change, which is good. And I was told one day you can't be born, born again. And you can't become a Christian to become a Christian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And that made a lot of sense to me, but I threw it out the window. I no, that, that's not for me. I, I knew a God, you know, or thought I knew God. I knew there was somebody out there. But it wasn't until, I got involved in game fishing. And that's catching a lot of marlin and sharks and tuna and heaps of other types of fish. And I was very good at it. At a big boat and the whole business that went with it. But I had some incredible times of being caught in storms lost at sea. Didn't know if I'd make it. And I remember one time I was going down to Shell Harbour. Well, we were actually going down to... Batemans Bay by water and we left in the afternoon my boat could do 40 miles an hour at the time I thought I would be there in an hour but within 20 minutes of being out at sea we had this incredible storm come up and my boat was only 23 foot heard, heard the story about a cork on a wave, that's what it was like and I had a guy with me that had come down now I'm not born again I had this guy that came with me to come down because he knew to get into the harbour, had no idea. This boat was fitted out with fittings and everything on it. And fuses all blue. And we were only just off Kayama. And uh, he said, I think we can get out in here. I said, all right, let's go. So we went in and as we started to go in, and this massive wave hit us, nearly rolled the boat over threw everything everywhere and then I remembered I said, this guy doesn't have to die on my behalf so I said to the Lord I'm the sinner all of a sudden I realised I said, I'm the sinner he doesn't have to die on my account now with that we went into Kiama Harbour we went in on water just like this flat over here we got into the harbour and we arrived safe, except we got caught on some ropes and not realizing realised what the situation was inside there. When we got in, the guy said to me, come running down, he said, how'd you get in? I said, we just brought it in. Common sense, I did, I just drove in. And he said, you can't, you couldn't have. It. I said, well, here we are he said I want you to come and see something he took us up on the wall of Ka- I don't know if anyone's been to Kiama on the wall of Kiama and it's a pretty high wall there were 16 foot waves crashing down the on the walls right, now I told you we went through a flat water anyway with that he said you couldn't have come in I said did. He said, which way do you come in? I said, oh, we come up up there straight across here. He said, you can't. He said, it's all full of rocks. I said, well, here we are. And I tell you what, I knew then that there was a touch, that yeah, something on. was gonna happen. I met Jan while I was game fishing. Anyway, she was the best catch I ever got. Go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We weren't married at the time and uh, we were a a team for it. Anyway, she said to me one night, I'm going to a Billy Graham crusade, do you want to come along? And I said, Oh, all right. I'll go. So she got the three kids that she had and off we went. And uh, (coughs) I was sitting down in the thing and I heard the call for salvation. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was just there to have company with Jensen, and uh, but just before that, an incredible storm came over, and it was fine as anything when we got there. And uh, people were getting angry and arguing. Kids were being sick. I had to take Philip out because he was being sick. It's incredible. Anyway, preacher got through the preaching on the on the on the night. He said, "Now those who want to come down, come down now and get saved." He gave us the scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that who should ever believe on him should not perish but everlasting life. I didn't get up. I was got up. I felt God grab me by the seat of the pants <laughs> and said, "Turn around." I said, "Jan, come on, you come too." Oh, she said, I can't come down. She said, I'm the secretary of the church, the local church.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we all went down and got saved that day. Yeah, so. Best thing that ever happened. I didn't realise that my life would change to give me a degree. I haven't got any notes, okay. Hardest thing I got through. I think hardest thing was when I married Jane. Three, three kids they didn't want to name me as their dad I wanted to be their dad you know. we had a lot of disappointments a lot of arguments a lot of turmoil and trouble we were born again by this time in January and we started to go and see the pastor and the pastor said what's the problem I said oh i got these kids one. Respect me or do anything. She said, Oh, you build up a wall. I said, Really? She said, Yeah. She said, I said, Well, how do I get out of that? She said, You take a brick out of the time. And that's what changed. (laughs) God is so good and He's faithful. My closing scriptures, because I got born again filled with the Holy Ghost I was on fire when I got born again but when I got baptised in the Holy Ghost I was a fire hose, and I housed everybody <laughs> I couldn't tell you by the grace of God how many people have led to Christ I couldn't tell you how many people I'm one <laughs> but, I do to hell. but I think one of the greatest scriptures was because it reminded me who it was in Christ with Mark 16 verses 16 so, so go into all the world and preach the gospel yeah. Yeah. those who receive they'll be saved, those who don't will be damned but in my name he said you'll cast out demons You'll lay hands upon the sick You'll raise the dead You'll open blind oh nice, eyes You'll heal the lame I've done a lot of that And seen God do Magnificent things It's so good to love God yeah. And I'll close with this I said to God one day, do you really love me? And he said these beautiful words. He said, I have always loved you.
0: Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing
1: in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.